This is the fallen angel Christopher Daniels, former TNA X Division Champion and former TNA World Tag Team Champion, and you are listening to the TNA Cross the Line Podcast. Enjoy. TNA Wrestling Cross the Line. And we're back with episode 154 of the TNA Cross the Line podcast. I am Bob Conley Jr. With me, as always, is Dallas Gridley. And Dallas, we are two weeks away from Against All Odds, where Kevin Nash and Jeff Jarrett, the kings of wrestling, explode. It's not the Mega Powers from 1989. No, no. It's the kings of wrestling, NWO 2000, blowing up. The king and the queen. The king and the queen, that's as, right. As DDP said. That is right. That's the main event for Against All Odds, Nash and Jarrett. And there's a whole lot more that we uh, know about, and I'm sure that we will discuss as the show goes along. I'm looking forward to Against All Odds. Dallas, how about you? Yeah, yeah. Two weeks. I was just thinking again this morning, and we're going to keep saying it, but it's just like... I can't believe how fast this stuff is coming. Just like, like we've told before, peek behind the curtain. We record twice, and then we're doing a pay-per-view. Right. I mean, it's wild to me. It's really, really crazy. Um, Against the Odds is definitely shaping up, uh, I think, to be pretty pretty fun already. So um, I'm excited to see where this goes. And uh, I guess I, I'm more curious what they're going to be doing with Jarrett and um and and nash because we got two more weeks here so i mean we did like the the press conference to like announce it and we've kind of already sort of been building toward it more in the background you know when they were doing the um elimination match for final resolution Mm -hmm. so what else is next i don't know i guess we'll find out yeah i know and what's uh what i really like about against odds so far is that there is a a diversity of the card like there's a you know tna likes to tend to do stipulations gimmicks i guess you could say right and so on the show you know we have a iron man we have a uh full metal mayhem just a, a wide range of things to... i forgot i forgot that match was an iron man match yeah 30 minutes yeah. So, wow yeah so i mean that's that's pretty good i think you know Knowing that you have a few stipulations is fun. It's different when it's maybe every match. No, I think so too, and that's going to definitely mix it up. So yeah, I mean, I'm excited. Once again, man, these pay per views in TNA, especially in 2005, are really going to be picking up. And uh, I, it's just it's also that excitement of like the first time ever. This is going to be the first ever against all odds. And, right. you know, so, like, that kind of stuff is always exciting, too. Right. Yeah, no, I, uh, I agree. So, um, but, yeah, we're only we're only two weeks away. Um, I really don't know what else there is to get to before we get into the nuts. Okay, well, then I oh, say... Oh, wait like, a minute. Wait oh. A minute. Obviously, we should mention the unfortunate passing of, uh, of Jay Briscoe. Yeah, uh, he passed away 
Well, I mean, this is coming out long after, um, or a few, at least a few weeks after that, that he uh, tragically passed away. Um, it was, um, I'm already blanking on the date. Uh, January 17th. January 17th. Okay. So we're recording this on the 22nd of January, just a peek behind the curtain. Uh, Jay Briscoe tragically passing away in a, uh, in a car accident. Um, and you know, this is, uh, you know, it's relevant for, for wrestling sakes, but it's also relevant for the history of, of TNA or impact, because as current fans are aware, he uh, was teaming with Mark as recently as 2022 in TNA winning the tag team championships. Mm-hmm. Um, but they also appeared, uh, and maybe not a lot of people realize this or remember it, but as we've noted on this podcast, that uh, the Briscoe brothers, I believe, appeared on a weekly pay-per-view, but they also appeared on Explosion. Right. Uh, that Explosion match was uploaded by Brian Turner's VHS Rehab, where they uh, fought Divine Storm, which is Chris Divine and Quiet Storm. Um, so you can check that that match out if you want to see that. And I I don't really remember... I think it was like the third weekly pay-per-view, right? Or something like that that they appeared on? It was pretty early. It was pretty um, early. I was going to say, I don't know how, how quick I can pull it up here, but um, in general, obviously it sucks when anyone passes, but it really sucks when it's something like this, where it's just like, it's a car accident. And like, holy shit. And it's just out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. Like, I, it's I just was... like... It's even worse like that. Yeah, I was uh, just sitting at home. I don't even just mindlessly doing it, nothing. And uh, a buddy from work texted me saying one of the Briscoe brothers died. And I thought he was talking about Jerry or or Gerald Briscoe. Because, you know, he's not right. He's not an independent wrestling fan. You know, he doesn't really know uh, that scene. You know, he's more of like, oh, NXT and, you know, WWE. So when I heard that, I was like, okay, what? What are you talking about? And then I went on to 411 Mania, and it, Jay Briscoe uh, died at the age 38. And I was like, holy shit, I cannot believe this. Uh, it was, you know, it happened. Um, and honestly, I was shocked that he was only 38. Right? He's a guy that I have been watching obviously for 20 years, but I mean, I would have thought he was in his forties, but you go back and look, yeah. really think about it. In 2002, he was 18 and, and Mark was 17 and he couldn't wrestle in Pennsylvania. So he had a, you know, he could only wrestle in Massachusetts. He only, you know, Mark wrestled on the one Massachusetts uh, show in 2002 for ring of honor. Cause that's where it wasn't really regulated and he could do it. That's so crazy. Which is, yeah. And it's just, it was nuts to even think about. And, uh, you know, Ring of Honor, after probably 20, I would say between 2011 and 20, I would probably even say anything after 2011 is a blind spot for me with Ring of Honor. I did not, I mean, we went to a few shows uh, around our area, like in Buffalo, or, you know, we went to the Hammerstein yeah. with the wooden pillar in a way. Yeah. But, um, we went to, didn't we go to two, we went to two different ones in New York City. Yes, we went to, 
we went to the Hammerstein, and then we went to... It was Terminal 5. Terminal 5, yeah, for a mm-hmm. New Japan joint show. Uh, and then we went to the Buffalo show, which is a, was a great venue, that Wonder, whatever it's called. Oh, yeah, the Waterworks R- River, or whatever. Wa- Riverworks. 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 Oh, yeah, that is a really good venue. Um, but, yeah, so I'm, you know, that's, that's like a blind spot for me. So when I kind of looked back at his career, and I did a, like a remembrance for tilt magazine and you know you look at how much of a, a role that that jay briscoe had i would say right before the relation with bullet club right because that would have been like 2016 or so yeah something that's like that. right yeah so like yeah jay, around yeah roughly jay was like one of the top guys for ring of honor from 2013 to 2015 you know winning the world title having a a few uh bloody matches with adam cole and you know some good matches with uh jay lethal and whatnot so you know he was kind of maybe a top guy kind of during a forgotten not as seen time but he was still very valuable um to the company and you know i you know, I've seen people on Twitter talk about his uh, controversy with the comments he made on Twitter. And he, you know, apologized because, uh, you know, he was saying that he was talking in a, the way that his character would talk. And not necessarily how he would talk. Um, whether that was just an excuse or that was legitimate. I mean, I could see how a wrestler trying to be in a character way would get that level of heat and not work uh not work out appropriately mm-hmm. um but you know that you know by all accounts he uh redeemed himself you know took the necessary he went to like sensitivity training or whatever and and uh really according to a lot of people that were close to him had changed his attitude towards you know, I guess homophobia or whatever um, the, the exact comments were. So um, w- whether that would just mean it wasn't a character thing and that was just an excuse, whatever, doesn't matter. Uh, he definitely changed and um, redemption is a thing. And it sucks that comments that he made 10 years ago and he changed himself for the better uh, still prevented him and Mark from appearing on AEW mm-hmm. because of uh, the Warner Brothers, Time Warner. Which that's a whole other thing we could get into because yeah, I know, and I'm, I'm not gonna. I think it's I think it's bullshit because now because they're hypocrites. A hundred the whole slap fucking yep. Yep. thing is yeah, uncomfortable bullshit, beyond belief. It's a joke. It's a it's so bad. Yeah, we. we I mean, we could. This whole episode, but be just anyway, <laughs> but yeah, no, uh, just remembrance for Jay. Uh, the Briscoe brothers in general should be recognized as probably the best tag team, the top three of the last 20 years. I, I don't even think it would be insane to say that. I don't think so either. And it would be like the Young Bucks, FTR, and Briscoes, like a- interchangeable three. You said 10 years? I mean, yeah. I would even say, well, I, I mean, oh, 20. 20? Yeah. I I mean, those as probably got to be the top, right? As a, as a consistent tag team. I'm not talking about a tag team that did it, you know, 
three times. Or, oh, hey, we wrestled together. The only... It's like Edge and Ray or... No, no. Angle and... The, per- the only other... Angle like, and Benoit. The only other, like, big team I can think of is, like, the Motor City Machine Guns. But they haven't well, fully been together that whole time, too. Right. That's what I'm saying. I mean, the Briscoes did split two... I mean, FTR... FTR and FTR are a little more on the this later end of that, too. But, yeah, I mean... Really good teams. Um, I guess I'm, I mean, I'll just keep it short too, because I mean, unfortunately, I have not either seen a lot of Briscoe stuff. I know everyone can yell at me, but I've also never went out of my way to do so. I don't know what it was. I think it was also, I think for me, it was kind of a similar thing with the Young Bucks for a while, where they, I feel like everyone was like, dude, the fucking Young Bucks, and like really hyping up the Young Bucks. And I was like, well, I don't want to watch them. Right. And it's, I, it's it's just like a band. Like my sister would love a band, but they were unknown. And as soon as they sign on a label or they were on the radio, she's like, well, fuck it. Nope. Not a fan anymore. And it's like, why? Because, well, now they're big. Yeah. So if for me, it's it's not like I, I don't think I dislike the Briscoes. Like I, I'd get a, if we ever saw, I, we had to have seen them at one of these Ring of Honor shows or something, didn't we? Oh, I'm yeah. I, I'm sure we did, but I mean, which is always exciting. But like I said, I um, I never was like diehard Briscoe fan. Um, it it just, I just wasn't. I think it was cool that they came to Impact uh, recently and like won the tag titles and stuff like that. I think that was awesome. Um, so uh, it's like the thing where it's like I recognize how big of a team they are and how you know how valuable they were. Um, and it actually, the stuff that you were mentioning where, like, Jay had his singles run, and he was, like, feuding with, like, Matt Hardy and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, that stuff, like, I've seen some, I've seen some of that stuff, and, like, I think that's some cool stuff. I really do enjoy that, because it's, that's, like, with the, when he was, like, was he, like, that icon, the iconic Matt Hardy or something like that? Yeah. That when he did that? And he had, like, did the, so. the titles, the custom titles, they both had, yeah. like, yeah. Like, so I like that stuff. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, just just to follow up, I did pull up his cage match here. Um, in 2002, Mark and Jay Briscoe appeared on pay-per-view number four on July 10th. Well, obviously, I don't know if it was taped or not, but um, they lost to the Hot Shots by disqualification. Um, and then they appeared on a dark, uh, in a dark, which is, I'm assuming, ends up being maybe the explosion. Um, it's the Lost Boys, um, Israel and Gabriel. Uh, defeating the Briscoes, and that's on July 17th. And then they actually appear one more time on pay-per-view against Divine Storm on November 27th. Well, the one that Turner had was... It might not be listed here. Or maybe it was it from the weekly, and it was just like the... um, Like master footage, and not even from the... No, oh, maybe. I can check it real quick here, too. Um... Yeah, no, I mean, it's, so that just, the whole thing sucks in general there, but. Yeah, no, it definitely does. And it really sucks that they couldn't. It... Oh, no, it says November 27th. So I think it's just the master footage, because let's say 802.50. No, that's pretty cool. So, yeah, it was, I guess it is from a weekly. Nice. Explosion. So I was running on that one. Um, yeah, so rest in peace, uh, Jay Briscoe. His, mm-hmm. uh, his. Uh, daughter, I believe, is doing better in the hospital. So I think I both daughters. Both, yes. Um, 
and they do have like some sort of GoFundMe, but I can't think of the, it's a different. Thing. It's a different thing, and their goal was like a hundred grand, and then they surpassed that, and then it was two hundred, and they surpassed that. So they're on their on their way to like three hundred thousand dollars, which yeah. is just shows you. That's the one thing about wrestling is like as a community, as a fan base, when there's a tragedy, no matter seemingly no matter what, people just come together. Mm-hmm. Right? Absolutely. You know, and they. And you can yeah. you you can yeah. see how much people care about him because I mean look if you go on there you can you can see other wrestlers and stuff like right I mean they write on yeah. it and it's like it's really sad but it shows you though how I mean name someone he worked with with Ring of Honor and their names sitting there right no it's a really good point so yeah, it's crazy yeah. well yeah I'm glad you brought that up um, yeah I didn't want to forget that. It it sucks because the way we record sometimes I feel like we we do forget about uh, these kind of things and then it's just right. like well, damn well now we're now our episode comes out weeks later and, right. and it already happened and we forgot and you know whatever but yeah well uh, let's talk about some more fun stuff uh, let's talk about some TNA impact uh, we got a couple follow up notes here that will. Um, talk about about last week's show which i think kind of goes over the entire card so i'm not going to do a rundown of that first if we happen to miss something in what i say we can revisit um and then i think on this particular episode there's a a couple like random like little one-offs i think we're pretty much going to do most of these notes before we get into the show just because they're very random and they're very just there's not a lot here so let's just get right into it um, on the January 24th um, Wrestling Observer Newsletter from 2005, uh, since these are taped episodes, he talks about the first show, the second show, in like a paragraph. So I've saved the, the second show part for right here. Uh, so it reads, on the second show, which airs on January 28th, Cash and Hoyt, that's right, it's not Dallas anymore, guys, it's Lance Hoyt. Uh, they defeated Chris Saban and Jeff Hardy. Abyss ended up coming out, and he and Hardy brawled uh, to the back, leaving Saban by himself, where he was pinned by Cash's double-arm pile driver, which, of course, is the moneymaker. Uh, Chris Candido pinned Sonny Siaki with his feet on the ropes. Uh, Monty Brown pinned Johnny Devine very quickly. Uh, the rest of Team Canada tried to attack Brown, but he cleaned house with, on all of them, throwing P.D. Williams into Bobby Roode and hitting Eric Young and Devine with the pounces. With pounces, not the pounces. Uh, Hall then ran in and did a five-on-one. That's right, Scott Hall was helping Team Canada for some reason. Did a five-on-one beatdown on Monty Brown. Um, then DDP ran out for the save. And Nash also came out, and as Bob noted, he looked pretty unamused that Scott Hall was up doing this. We don't know if we were reading into that too much or if Kevin Nash was actually not thrilled about this whole thing. Yeah, because he, he came out and he was like, what, what the hell are you like, doing? He's very much a, like, what are you doing face? Absolutely. Yeah. And then it seemed as if he was, like, accepting of it or something. But at, yeah, at least initially, weird. he was just like, what are you, like, Scott, what are you doing? Um, Dave also points out that it should be noted that the only merchandise that you see people in the stands wearing are Team Canada shirts, and they're supposed to be heels. <laughs> I'd, I've not noticed this, and I also think he's probably talking majority because there's definitely other stuff, but. I think that's yeah, good. but I mean, he is right. Those jerseys kind of stand out. The red. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Mike Tanay interviewed Jeff Jarrett 
now this whole situation is pretty interesting. So the people weren't thrilled about the pay-per-view and gave him the wrong kind of heat with loud boring chants and Triple H chants and worse. Um, it seemed to throw Jared off his game uh, when the segment came off bad live. Uh, we'll, we'll talk more about that um, actually a couple times, I think, uh, because the, this apparently really got to Jared. Uh, the Naturals were scheduled against Watts and Riley. Riley came out with his fingers taped from Raven, and Watts had his arm in a sling from Raven. Uh, Dustin Rhodes ended up coming out, teaming with Riley. Raven came out and fought Watts, hitting him with a garbage can. Rhodes saved Watts, allowing Riley to be double-teamed and pinned. The TV main event was Michael Shane and Kazarian um, and Elix Skipper, primetime, uh, going over Three Life Crew when Michael Shane pinned uh, BG James. Hammond then took his shirt off and jumped into the ring after uh, Michael Shane and Frankie Kazarian. That's right. We're really we're hyping toward the uh, potential that Jeff Hammond is going to step into the six-sided ring. And he ripped his shirt off like Hulk, Hulk Hogan. So it'd be a little, not a horrible body, but a, definitely a pasty body. Uh, it's funny that you say that. Well, Dave actually makes note about that at some point, which I think is is like silly. But I thought it was hilarious that he ripped the shirt off like he did. Wait, he made a comment about his pasty like yes. skin. Yes. Do you, we should know at this point. Sometimes he talks a little bit. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? He's not very nice about people's physique. No, but here's the thing. I'm just to clarify. I am not saying that it's bad. It's just what you would expect from a NASCAR driver, I guess. Right. Like, so I wouldn't actually, expect. I wouldn't expect like Hulk Hogan '98 tan. No, totally. So he has like another. I'll just go to it right now, and then I'll go back into some of the, the Jeff Jarrett stuff. Or actually, let me. Uh, no, I'll do that first. I'll do it first because this is another note about the TV where he kind of talks a little bit more about it. Uh, which it's like weird how. I, he never usually does this. He never usually writes two notes about uh, the same TV taping, really. But um, so I'll just knock through this real quick. So the the Cash and Hoyt versus Saban and Hardy match. So he he says that it was embarrassing to watch uh, Hoyt sell, which I, I don't know why he doesn't like him so much. I didn't notice any issues on my end, but whatever. Um, and he says that Saban is so freaking underrated as a performer, which I do totally agree with. Um then they also aired another thing we saw, which was left out of the other one, is that they aired clips of Jeff Jarrett flying to South Korea, obtaining his title, doing media there, and crowd shots. Um, he says, I always like that uh, they do things to portray their talent as international stars and push that he defended his NWA title there. Now, he does note, as we noted, it, he never mentioned that it was AJ Styles that was his opponent or even that anyone else in the company was there and that the NWA title was truly a world championship. Well, they did say that part, but... That he likes that they're showing that off. Um, he does say uh, the negative is that they only do these for Jarrett. And he goes, somehow I don't think that we'll be seeing a footage of the place going nuts for Conan's return to Mexico City or raving tearing down the house down in Europe or Sanjay Dutt in Japan anytime soon. Just a, a fair point. It absolutely is, yeah. <laughs> and I know he's the champion. But why not show off this kind of stuff? Uh, so... Uh, the interview with Jarrett. So this he kind of talks more about here. Um, the other thing that they aired was the interview with Jarrett. At first, the crowd was booing him. 
like they seemed you'd, you'd expect for a heel, although the booing was clearly a different tone. But it could have uh, been good heel heat. I don't think it was. Uh, he says the what chance uh, when he'd finish a sentence or when he wouldn't uh, wasn't good since they don't do that for anyone else. Boring isn't exactly the chant you want to hear. And the Triple H chants at him were low enough that you could hear them. Uh, but you had to be listening for them to catch them, which I didn't notice this um, because obviously we talk over it, too. So if they yeah, uh, well, yeah, you caught no. the Triple H ones. I think I did. And I, I because, caught the boring. Yeah, because he was thrown off so much that you could kind of hear what they were saying. You could hear a little bit better. See, I, I don't know if I caught on to the Triple H ones or not, but I think I did. Yeah, I certainly believe it because like they're because it's kind of the same idea. You know, Triple H is dominating. Uh, raw or has right. dominated raw for the better part of you know three years now and then jeff jarrett arguably for the past three years has dominated tna television so it's right. kind of like you know he's kind of presenting himself in the same way that triple h is presented now unfortunately one is presented better than the other yeah well, that's true um, he, he notes that it was real clear that jarrett was unnerved by the reaction but to his credit he never lost his train of thought uh, yeah. e- even though he did stop to yell at the crowd, I, was I, would, kinda... I would consider that a lost train of thought because he had when to stop you, and like because you have to, yeah, because I feel like you're regaining kind of what you're doing, what you got to do because you got thrown off, right? Um, Dave even says it, it's kind of surreal what, what happened here. Uh, which honestly, this was one of the first times where like the crowd was like turning on what was happening on the show, like, no, we don't like this, and then he even notes, um, he has the wrong quote, but. The chance by the end of the promo, uh, he he says it's the pick up your hat, stand up and leave. But they were doing hat, coat, leave, and yeah. they were like doing the, the whole crowd was doing it, um, and it couldn't be confused with heel heat, and he knew it. Um, and then of course the show ended, as we noted, with Three Life Crew getting screwed by Kazarian Chain, and then teasing the Jeff Hammond, uh, who was announcing. Now here's where Bob uh, must have been reading the observers uh, before we got on, because he says Hammond got in the ring and tore his shirt off and challenged them. Who thought this was a good idea? Hammond is a uh, is pretty good size and clearly lift weights, but he's a 48-year-old man, not on steroids, with no tan. Standing on a stage filled with younger men on steroids and tearing their shirt off was not a smart move. Which is quite the quite the shot at pretty much everyone uh, right there, but that's what uh, Dave says. Yeah, but like again, he rips off his shirt. I am not going into this thinking this guy needs to have a tan. And steroids. And, and steroids. In this Apparently. Stuff. Yeah, no. It, I wouldn't even think of that. It wouldn't bother me that, oh, hey, this guy did that. Yeah. If anything, it showed that he's, you know, fired up and he's ready to go. And That's I mean, why I, I liked it. I liked it, too. And it has nothing. To do, it's not like, oh, hey, he has no tan. I just think it's funny that you that you happen to mention the no tan part. Dave has a thing about the tan, and so does uh, Eric Bischoff, of course. I was just going to say a lot of people have... A thing about tans. Yo, Sting couldn't win the title because he wasn't tan enough. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Anyway, uh, the I I don't I won't really reread the the other chant stuff about Jared. I think we kind of covered that. Um, he does note though it's that they, they, he can't imagine them putting the title on Kevin Nash uh, because just putting a title him in a title match alone may be a decision that they regret. Um, it's pretty clear that Rhodes has that mentality of the guys who can uh, draw being guys with track records. So logic says that if Jarrett loses, DDP, 
who Rhodes has been uh, friends with dating back to Rhodes' old Florida Championship Wrestling Company, is the logical successor. Now, we'll be talking a lot more about DDP potentially being the next contender for the title. Uh, I think next week. So, I don't know, we'll see. Um, uh, well, you know what, that's interesting that Dusty only wants to use people that that are... Uh, uh, what is the word what I'm looking for? Proven draws, as you said. That have, that have proven to make money because, unfortunately, that is not a lot in TNA. So, I mean, we've mentioned Nash and DDP, and I'm not... The irony in all this is that Jeff Jarrett's not a... He's not a money-making guy. Mm-hmm. That's just how it is. In WCW, he was not a, a draw. He just wasn't. Right. I mean, that's just, and arguably a lot of his reigns were like a month. So he's kind of a transitional champion prior to this. And I don't think he's necessarily made money here in TNA in terms of ratings and stuff like that. Right. I think that's fair. Um, I think the last follow-up from our last week uh, show, <clears throat> he talks a little bit about Abyss. So uh, on the TV over the weekend, they pushed too hard the idea of Abyss coming back Uh, And the surprise, the surprise was really only on the people in the company and the Internet audience uh, because he'd only missed two shows, two TV shows, Uh, which is funny because here we are. We are being the Internet audience on this podcast, essentially being like, we didn't know Abyss was resigned. Right. (laughs) This is kind of funny. Um, uh, So basically, the audience watching television honestly didn't really know. But, Uh, but, But Dave didn't know he was signed either. No, I don't think so either. But he, I would say he counts as like the internet. Audience. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's like, yeah. That's okay. um, so he says it's doubtful that any more than a small percentage even knew he was gone in the first place. Um, so he also says, he goes on, this is not all just about Abyss, but um, he says it was also weird how they were pushing Jeff Hammond so strong as a wrestler. Uh, the Hammond and BG James versus Michael Shane and Kazarian match was announced on TV. Uh, aside from the one angle, they were uh, catcalling him from when he was doing an interview. There is no angle, no challenge. It's not like anything that was booked in a manner where anyone was clamoring for it or understanding why it's happening. Uh, they pushed that Hammond trains harder than the wrestlers, which only buries the wrestlers. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that's pretty much that. Uh, but it's a good point. I mean, literally, they did like that one brief encounter in the ring and like the pre-show taping thing and the, that was it and then what was it last week or the week before where bg james was like that's right you want to mess with jeff hammond they were like doing the backstage interview mm-hmm. and it was like this is kind of random uh, i kind of wish that i do wish they worked added a little bit more but yeah what can we do um okay so uh we just got a couple more things here bob to talk about um so really not a lot and then we're going to get into this show these are mostly uh, quick hitters. So, uh, TNA coming off their second straight zero thumbs down pay per view had the best rating in history last week, um, as the January twenty first show did a point three two, and then the replay of that did a point three three. So our ratings are going up pretty high. It's pretty good stuff. That's not uh, no, um, it is being reported. Get ready for this one. That Hector Garza will not be allowed back in the U.S. for ten years. 
So that would be. Well, is that 2014 or 2015? Probably 2015, right? All right, 2015. Of course, we know we, he, there's that one random like Texas one-off thing, which who knows? It could have been like just barely on the border, right? Yeah. Who knows? Um, I, I figured it. It would have been 10 years. Yeah, I think actually did say that too. So. Yeah. Uh, we have some uh, dates and announcements about our upcoming pay-per-views here. Uh, I don't know when they're going to tell us, but here it is. Um, the uh, March 13th and the April 24th pay-per-view shows have been announced for Orlando. Uh, so they aren't going to test out at a new location anytime soon. Why risk it at this point when they've got themselves a great pay-per-view atmosphere? Which is a fair point. Uh, the March 13th show is being called Destination X. So it'll probably have an X tournament, and the April twenty fourth show is called Lockdown. Hey, hey, whoa, whoa. let's go, baby! Yeah. Um, and then he makes a joke about Scott Hall be headlining Lockdown, but you know, whatever. So what? Oh, what? That I'm relates really, to the, the South like jail or something. Yeah, that relates to South Korea stuff. I have a note, but I'm going to talk about it next week. Okay. Uh, I think we're going to be talking about Scott Hall a lot next week, but anyway. Oh, that's never good. No, that's not. Um, it's pretty clear that Eric Watts' shoulder injury on the pay-per-view was legit, and he worked the entire match as it was laid out, even though he had only one arm. There's never a question of him going home early because he had that mentality that ending a match early due to injury is equivalent to quitting. So they are confirming the injured shoulder on Eric Watts. Um, and if you've noticed, there is no mention about the rumors of an overdose or anything in this uh, note, which I just found kind of interesting because that seems like a pretty big thing that you'd want to follow up on. Yeah, you would think. But if it was just rumors and everything, what's that tell you? Yeah. Uh, also, I wanted to point out, Eric Watts, uh, This I don't know if this is really a spoiler. Um, so if it is, sorry, it's been 18 years. Uh, but I noticed his match at Final Resolution, Bob, What's his final in TNA? Huh. And in his career, he has about two more left. Really? And then he, like, stops. Yeah. I, I wonder I, if he just didn't need to do it anymore. I, I feel like that's got to be what it is. Yeah, but I, don't I, think, I don't think a separated shoulder would end your wrestling career, would it? I don't feel like it would. Um, and by the way, the last two are also in 2005. So like 2005 is his last year wrestling. So it's final resolution. Then he wrestles again in April and then again in December. And that's it. That's and one, his last one is in that Ring of Glory uh, promotion, which I believe is Vince's, Vince Russo's show. That's right. right. <clears throat> and it's a very uh, Vince Russo match, but you know. Actually, we're probably not. I, I doubt we're even going to say it on the show. Indie notes. It's a uh, D'Lo Brown and Glenn Gilberti defeating Eric Watts and Mike Sanders. That's his final match. Yeah. The one that before that. Better. The one before that. I think we'll talk about is an indie note. So we'll just we'll just wait. Okay. Um, another uh, pretty crazy news here. Jeff Jarrett was hospitalized on January 25th for doing the blue collar TV. <laughs> on WB, WB Network in Atlanta at the old Center Stage Theater. Um, he got an injury to his eye 
but it wasn't serious uh, as he gave a guitar shot and splinter went into his eye. Uh, Jarrett, AJ Styles, Abyss, Jeremy Borash, and Don West were guests on the show that were scheduled to air in April. So yes, he had a splinter from a guitar shot that flew into his freaking eye and had to go to the hospital. I'm surprised that hasn't happened more regularly. Right. Really? A lot of times he's delivered a guitar shot. I know. Uh, Two more very quick things here, and then it's time, baby. Um, Yes, it is. I was just double-checking to make sure. Uh, Sean Waltman has talked with Jeff Jarrett over the past week. Dave says he doesn't know when he'll show or if he'll show up on the pay-per-view, but he's anxious to come in and get back to wrestling. Uh, and we will have a follow-up to that next week as well because he did an interview. Or not an interview, maybe it was a blog post. Either way. Uh, so we'll see what happens if Sean Waltman returns. And we'll see Six back in the six-sided ring. And finally, Johnny Swinger has officially become the first TNA wrestler in history to ask for his release that got it. Really? Yep. He's going to attempt to hook up with Zero One Max before trying WWE. So he wants to go to Japan a little bit, it sounds like, before before, uh, uh, doing his trial. So that is some pretty crazy stuff there, Bob. Yeah, so I don't know if he gets to Zero One, but I do know that he gets to WWE. But... Um, I don't know how long he is there for, but he's primarily a Sunday Night Heat guy, and he's Johnny Parisi. Yeah, which I actually don't think I ever knew. And then I met Johnny Swinger uh, last year in one of the promos. It was like a WWE promo. And I was like, that's so weird. But I absolutely do not want it. I wanted a TNA one, which he did not have. But Right. Yeah, no, Johnny, Johnny Parisi, yeah. There's like an ECW one with him and Simon Diamond and I think C.W. Anderson or something. So I got that because I was like, well, if I meet the other guys, I can get them to sign it too. Right. Yeah. That's that's interesting. And of course, you know, he ends up coming back because, you know, apparently Impact likes to bring back a lot of interesting names. Although Stringer's been, he's been entertaining. I don't want to talk about that. Dude, okay, real quick. What's, what's Let's, Barry Horowitz doing in the impact okay, zone? Okay, dude, we got Santino Morella. We got fucking who's the other person I texted you out? Uh, Mike Jackson. No, not even. Well, that too. People like him, I guess, but no. Ernest Cat Miller. Ernest the Cat Miller. I saw, and then of course now there's spoiler at this point. I don't think it's spoiler when this comes out, but then uh, fucking Barry Horowitz. I love impact i love tna i'm really questioning what i'm doing watching it, <coughs> it it's uh, it, dude it's crazy you got people like moose josh alexander the machine guns uh diana Perazzo, mickey james i mean just crazy stuff and then you bring out barry horowitz you bring out santino morello to run the show dude it to me it makes it cheaper it makes it uh, less interesting to watch. And I'm watching a lot of other wrestling these days. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but you just never know. It, it's it's getting hard to make of excuses to watch it. Sorry. If you stopped watching Impact regularly, I'd be shocked. Right now, it's not the it's not the going to happen. But, dude, I keep seeing this stuff, and I'm like, what am I doing? Yeah. 
when I watch, I just watched the episode Impact where Ernest the Cat comes out, and I'm thinking, what am I doing? It's Santino Morales in the ring talking like a fucking idiot, and he's the the DOA. And then he needs the cat to help him book matches. Oh, my dude. Yeah, well, good. Can't. They come off an awesome pay-per-view. Hard to Kill was awesome. And then they do this. Yeah, well, here's the thing, okay? Ernest and Cat Miller has experience. That's what they're trying to play off of, Bob. It's stupid. Oh, they are for real? Yes. <laughs> that's why he... And listen, it might have been a one-off, and that's fine. But it's just like one of those... It's like... It's killing me. It's like, come on, guys. That's freaking great. I don't know. You were a WCW commissioner. You know what to do. Yeah. Dude, they literally were like, yeah, he, he knows how to make matches. <laughs> like, God damn it. Man. I'm doing this shit. That's, that's great. That is good. Um, all right. Well, you know, one thing we don't have to worry about is not watching Impact from 2005. So Thank God. This week's episode is the February 4th. 2005 edition of impact the approximate runtime for this is 44 minutes and 21 seconds if you want to watch along with us head over impact plus or it's in your own personal collection i'm going to count down from three and when i say play that is when we are going to enjoy the continued build towards against all odds so here we go three two one This is TNA. The new face. Oh, here we go. Abyss attacking Hardy. Are they going to show us the table spot? Was that two weeks ago? I think it was. Were they 3 3? Yeah, when he, when he pressed, pressed land him. I yeah, didn't think he was going to do it. That was good. Throws Lex Levat out of the ring, that son of a bitch. I think this is the one where he. Yeah, oh, yeah, here we go. Whoa! Yeah, I like that. You've got to be kidding me. I feel like the Full Metal Mayhem should be pretty good. I think it's going to be awesome. <laughs> Stage 21. It's total nonstop wrestling impact. Still the same music. Dude, when's it change? Someone's got to know. 2006, 2007, which one is it going to be? No, I think it's going to ah. be uh, when we go prime. When we mm. get on the prime network and we ain't paying for it. Mm. Well, I ain't changing it. First off, I don't know if I can find this intro. And secondly, I like ours better. Uh, I think he just told us about a match, and I totally missed it. We're doing pyro from a very odd angle. Oh, there, okay. Let's see, this is another odd angle, like in the crowd. Uh, Bob, there is, of course, no um, dark match explosion notes, but we do have the crowd number for this taping. Would you like to take a guess? It's looking pretty good. 700. Oh, I feel like you were about to say it. 600. Christopher Daniels here on commentary with Mike Tanay and Don West. What is it with Dan Daniels always on commentary now? I know. Isn't that, do you think that maybe he was 
considering this uh, as like something to do in his career. I want to try it out. Maybe. He's even dressed nice. Yeah, he's not in his gear or nothing. I want to talk to Mr. Daniels as well here. You have a phenomenal opportunity, he says, at mm-hmm. against the odds. Is that a play on words? I think so. Ah, Shark Boy. Boy. Shark Boy. I thought that's who it was. Um, I have one interesting uh, indie note here for Shark Boy Ooh, that okay. I think you'll appreciate. And I feel like I might have mentioned it before, but I'll mention it again. Back on January 8th, Sharkboy defeated a wrestler by the name of Ken Scampy in a fisherman's death match <laughs> for cyberspace uh, wrestling. What is that? Um, I don't remember. I mean, what's so stupid is that I'm pretty sure I've, I've watched that match. I love that. Um, and, and reviewed it. But yeah, it was a fisherman... I think it's. I think it was like a fisherman, like net or something. Yeah, I was gonna say it's got to be. Uh, his opponent, by the way, is Petey Williams, who looks very odd without the X Division title. He's had it so long; he's just not used to this. Yeah. Uh, he also has an indie note. A couple of them actually. Back on January nineteenth, he defeated Chris Sabin for BWCW in Gaylord, Michigan, and then on January twenty first. Bobby Roode and Petey Williams retained the BCW Can-Am Tag Team Championships when they defeated Chris Harris and Triton. Fun stuff. uh, Shoulder block, taking on Petey Williams. Oh, and then ducks the back elbow, and then he goes down. Petey Williams going off the ropes. Oh, shoulder block to Sharkboy. And drops the elbow. Sharkboy moves out of the way, and a drop kick. Sends him into the ocean with that one, Bob. (laughs) And he taunts. Petey Williams is down. Crowd's going nuts. We haven't seen Shark Boy in a while, have we? No, it's it's been a while. Mike Mike Posey's not going to deal with this shit. He just keeps punching him. Irish whip again, but Petey reverses. Shark Boy comes back and kind of gives him a little bit of a a knee buster, I guess. I don't know what you call it. It was a face buster. Face buster, that's what I meant. Over the knee. You know what I meant. I just didn't want to call it a code breaker, okay? Right. Well, because it wasn't a code breaker. It was close enough. No, he had one foot on the ground. A code breaker, both feet are off the ground, and both knees are into the face. One-legged. Oh, look at this. Petey Williams is going to do that. Oh, he's eating his asshole. Oh, my God. Oh, that's going to be a nice Twitter post. Um. He was gonna. He was standing on the crotch, about to do the Okanda thing, and then Shark Boy lifted up, and yeah, it was literally looked like he was biting his ass whole. Yeah, not was, his ass, uh, the yeah. hole. That was bizarre. Uh, Shark Boy with a slingshot crossbody to the floor. Could we see a major up upside here tonight? Oh shell, yeah. See, nope. Oh. I can't wait for that to happen, by the way. When is that? We have a little bit of time, I think, but I'm pretty sure. I think sure. it's a while. I almost want to say it's like 2008. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. I'm bad with dates, though, so I could totally be wrong, but that's what feels right. Side Canadian leg sweep. Oh, to make all those side rushing. Interesting.
Elbow by PD. Flips over sharp. We're going for a vertical snap suplex. Holding on like he's Eddie Guerrero. Nope. Switched again to a back suit. No, nope. he's going to crotch him. Oh, is he Trio Woe again? There we go. Oh, Canada. They're mentioning in commentary that PD was champion for five months. I don't even think I realized that. Dude, that's what I'm saying. It was a long time. Yeah. I got to look up when the last time we saw Shark Boy was. It's bothering me. That's the Fox box at the top of the screen. Okay, so we haven't seen him at all in 2005 yet. Right. So no, that's why I, I knew it, dude. I knew it was long. Of the last time we saw him was Victory Road. Really? Uh, yeah. He was on an explosion uh, thing after that, but we did not see that. Uh, oh, excuse hurry. me. Uh. He did appear on the Best Damn Sports Show period, which happened literally, like, the day after. Oh, okay. Or something. So, technically. But, still. Around that time. That's crazy. Sharper with a hurricane off the top. Clothesline. Another clothesline. He's signaling. He's going to go to the top. Sharkboard's at the top. He's going off. Huge missile drop kick. Knocks down the former champion. Goes to the cover. One. Two. No. Uh, Posey not counting Basinger. God damn it, Mike Posey. Slow count if I've ever seen one. This is the most offense Shark Boy's gotten in on a TNA match, I feel like. Yeah. Going for the right hands. Going for the 10th punch, but he bites him. Williams. Oh, counter backbreaker by PD. Here we go. Is he going to signal for it? Here we go, the destroyer. He's hooking him. He's reeling him in like he's a fisherman. So if you get a shark, you got to throw it back. Shark boy counters. Going for a neck breaker. He hits it. Here we go. One, two. I almost thought he was going to win. Holy crap, that. dude. Because PD was like lifeless. A little scary. Does it bug you in the Fox box that there's an extra space after Shark Boy before the verses? You know what? I didn't even notice that, but yeah, that would bother me if I had noticed. Went for that. the DSD, but it was countered. Oh, here we go. And spikes him with the destroyer. That's it. That should do it. One, two, and three. Well, that wasn't that bad. No. Shark Boy got some good offense in, held the interest. That's, uh, that's good. Competitive, competitive wrestling. I'm gonna, I'm gonna point out we're not as flooded with Team Canada shirts in the crowd. Oh shit, Dustin and Cassidy Riley. Thanks, Big Dust. Raven. Raven just came in and goes, "Oh, a slumber party. Why wasn't I invited?" Oh, he says it was an accident. He says, "Dustin, I'm a big fan for years." You're shuffling along with the lost. 
Wait, you just said imagine his scrotum locked in a vice? Now, Shucky Ducky Quack Quack. Okay, Booker T. He said, imagine our pay-per-view future. See, the Lone Star, baby. Always protect yourself. I, You know, Cassidy Riley, he's got a good look. Mm-hmm. Like a, a pretty boy, like that pretty boy look. I'm, I wouldn't be opposed to having them try to do more with him. And maybe having him with Dustin as an example of that happening. Right. Is this Lex Levette again? No, dude. This is one of my favorites. Oh, it's Buck Quartermain, who looks fucking jacked. Buck, you don't look into the camera. Oh, my God. Not, come on, man. This is basic 101. He looked right at the camera, confused. I don't know if we knew it or not, but they just said that uh, Raven and Dustin Rhodes is happening at, against all odds. Well, I think that's what he meant by pay-per-view. Really. I, well, I, I know that, Bob. But they officially just announced like you know, that commentary. Act like you know what you're talking about. AJ's indie notes here. Um, well, we, we've already known this about 15 times, but on uh, January 22nd, he lost to Jeff Jarrett, ended the world title match, for, ended the Mid Atlantic in Sewell. So, there you go. And that's all the indie notes for today's episode. So. Oh, wow. I am, I am. You are, you are, I am, I am. He does look good with that X title. Speaking of right. title, have you bought yours yet? No. Well, that's disappointing. Can't say that I'm surprised that you didn't get one. Yeah, sorry. Oh, oh Buck Quartermate. Whoa. Okay. He goes for a back suplex, but AJ Styles does not let go of that headlock. No, he is determined. He knows that Buck Quartermate is a uh, serious threat here. Do you like that they have to write the phenomenal AJ Styles? On, so the the names on the Fox box are very small. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't notice that. Oh, slides under, comes back, scoop and slam by Styles. Do you, do you, do you think that if Buck Quartermain lasts 10 minutes, that he will be inserted into that Iron Man match and it will be a triple threat? I think we should definitely consider that. And then next week, Jason Cross will be inserted into the match after he lasts 10 minutes with AJ Styles? Wow. And then we're going to have AJ against Daniels and Cross against Quartermain. I like I like what you're thinking. And then it's going to end in a whoa, 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 whoa. There's a t- match. Some Bobby Roode and Scott Hall are teaming up. And I missed Is that against Monty Bonnie Brown, Brown and DDP, maybe? I missed the first names. Yeah. We're seeing our, our match just scroll across the bottom. Look at Daniels is yelling at Styles and Buck Quartermain. Bring it. Let's be real. That's why he's on commentary. He's going to interfere in this match, probably. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. I had something else I was going to say. I lost my train of thought with that one. I don't know if it's about Buck Quartermain or. Oh, I saw the Lance Hoyt at the bottom. I'm going to try to do some investigation. And by investigation, I mean I'm going to tweet <laughs> at Lance Archer. And I'm going to try to find out why they switched his name from Dallas to Lance Hoyt. You want to know what I think it is? Yeah. Diamond Dallas Page. Oh fuck, Lance Hoyt. Dude, you're so right. That's I'm not asking. I'm not asking now. That's got to be what it is. What was that? 
that was a weird inside cradle. I, I don't even know how. Okay, whatever. Anyway, quarter main with a clothesline to stop AJ. That's absolutely what it has to be. Is Dude, it? you're right. Especially, you want to confuse anybody. And especially if they're going to potentially have him in the title picture. Ah, uh, dude. Swain Eckbreaker. By Quartermain. Now he's going to the middle rope. And he misses a leg drop. I'm surprised Quartermain has lasted almost three minutes. Uh yeah. Elbow chop. Clothesline by Styles. Another clothesline. I know you weren't gonna expect this, Bob, but it seems like we see some pretty consistent appearances from Buck Quartermain uh throughout the next well two years. Really? Springboard forearm by And by consistent I mean more than one a year, so that's considered consistent? For a guy who I thought was a one off, yeah, I'd say so. <laughs> This is not even close to his last match in 2005. We'll just put it that way. Really? Okay. We're going through, like, November. Uh, is he going to tuck his head? Don't tuck your head. Don't tuck your head. Okay. Oh, my God. Styles clash, but we were thinking he could have... Look at Don West! <laughs> he is so proud. AJ with the win after about three and a half minutes. About 3.06, I think, would be the... Or three uh, 3.36, I think, would be the... Rough time for that, if anybody cared. Daniels is saying, hey, you haven't proved nothing to me. And I agree with him. He just beat Buck Quarterman. I mean, it's fair point. And it took him three and a half minutes to do so. I don't think I'd be, like, you know, quaking in my boots. Oh, he's got a microphone now. Mr. Yeah. TNA, as they reminded us. Oh, you, you want to do this little commentating, but you, what you're trying to do is scout AJ Styles. What's stopping you from getting in this ring and showing everyone around here who the real X Division champion is? So he's challenging him. Get in the ring. Mm-hmm. Laying down the title. Will he cross the line? Will he get into the ring? Daniel says that's exactly the response that I expected from a spoiled brat like you. Mm. TNA has given you everything you've ever wanted. Dusty Rhodes has been handing you everything, so that's a little peek behind the curtain. I guess he's also the authority figure on TV, though, so never mind. But right, right. But it's kind of fun that he's also the the Booker. So he's like, "You're gonna wait till against the odds, ducking you. You don't even believe that." I've never ducked anybody in this business, and I'm not starting now. You want to wait till it gets all odds? Goods. Good. Then I'll shut your mouth once and for all. That was kind of a a weird promo. Yeah, but just Just, strong words. Yeah, but AJ just seemed like not very confident with what he was saying. Oh, see, I kind of disagree with that. Oh, oh. this is a Triton. No, Titus. Titus. Right now it's Titus. Is it still Titus? Well, unless they're going to finally tell us a name now, but... I'm not saying what it says. It's very light and quiet, and he's just like weird stuff. He's coming! 
Give us a date. Give us a date. No date. No, see, the thing... Nothing. The thing... I thought maybe they could put his name up there, but it's just impact. Um, the thing with what AJ was saying, like, he would say, like, a word and then pause and, like... No, okay, I see what you mean. Yeah. All right, Dusty's in his office, which is a truck in the back lot, with Trinity and Tracy, and he has a DVD player that my grandma got me. I had one of those, too. Probably back in 2005. Yeah. <laughs> Portable DVD player. That's so cool. <laughs> That's so oh. early 2000s. Bob, did you hear that? The pregame show, these guys for the, the tag team for this. Okay. We need to find that and watch it. Are they like, did they give him like a their tryout video? It must be. Program? There's business they got to take, take care of in a little while or something. Uh, yeah, so it sounds like they kind of were giving a tryout tape to Dusty. So yeah. they told us that we were going to find out who it was, essentially. But instead, we don't get to know. He is will get to watch the tryout tape himself. And here comes David Young. This show just keeps getting better. Hmm. 7.30 Eastern. So this is the first time, Bob, that they are <laughs> announcing a pre-show. David Young facing off against Jeff Hardy. Jeff Hardy has like a blue face. He's, oh, an orange neck. Well, this is quite the look. Oh, no, maybe the light is just blue. And it was just all glowing. I don't know. We'll see in a minute. But he's got orange hands and an orange neck, I know. It's kind of crazy because the crowd definitely does not seem to give too much of a shit about Jeff Hardy. Okay, his face is not blue. It was just glowing. Yeah. Oh, Whisper in the Wind. David Young attacked him into the entrance, but Whisper in the Wind just got nailed. Okay, this is big news. Uh, the Hardy versus Abyss match is now a number one contender match. There's going to be two envelopes hanging up on the ladder, and there's a number one contender contract for a title match in the future. What did he say on impact, it sounded like? Yeah, kind of. But I don't know if, like, he, the way he said it, I don't know if he meant that. Right. Because like One, that makes me feel like we're gonna see Jeff Hardy lose to Jeff Jarrett again on Impact. Right. Uh, <laughs> One win in two years for David Young is what has just been reported on commentary. Oh my god, that's fucking crazy. <laughs> you, that's just amazing that you would still have like a roster spot and not be like considered a buck quarter man or something after you. But had one win in two years. At some point, the credibility among by fans, like right. you're, like you're done. Like, could you, if he were to beat Jeff Hardy here, like Jeff Hardy would look like a 
Like, like not good. Not good. It'd be real bad. Speaking of David Young and his 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 one win over Glenn Gilberti, I mean, since Swinger's gone, I mean, is Gilberti done? Like, are we done seeing him? Oh, we might be. Yeah. I just thought about that. Yeah. At least on on television. Yeah. As a regular uh, competitor. I need to confirm this news. But wasn't his back like all messed up anyway? Yeah, he wasn't doing very well. David Young takes down Hardy. Can you believe this match? Oh. Oh, wow. Holy crap. Now, he's not like done done. We will see him again. It's just going to be like two years. Right, I, right, I, I knew that. But and then in terms after, of like 2005, maybe not soon. And then after that, Bob, it's going to be 20. almost 10. <laughs> That's crazy. So his final appearance that we saw was when Monty Brown defeated him on Impact on December 7th, 2004. It's a good way to go. Now, this opens up more questions. Simon Diamond, Pat Kenny. Oh, no, not quite. Okay. Not quite done with him. Yeah, but didn't he, like, leave? Snap suplex by David Young. David Young with a lot of control here. Well, if he leaves it, it ain't for long. (laughs) I just looked at the dates. I didn't, like, or the top dates. Very interesting. We're going on four minutes of a David Young, Jeff Hardy match. Right now, four minutes. Jeff Hardy having a tough time with David Young, folks. I keep missing what's in the second envelope. They just were talking about it again. So there's two envelopes hanging above the ring. One has the title match. The other one has something else or nothing. You have to, like, pick which one you choose. And Don West was saying you're going to be mentally exhausted if you pick the wrong one. Like, you get up there and you don't know. Oh, my goodness. You're telling me right now that this is basically like that feast or fire thing, but with an envelope and a ladder match? Bob, do you know what company we're watching right now? It cannot just be a normal Full Metal Mayhem match. No, No, right. There has to be the risk that you will not get a title match. When you climb up a ladder, you have to pick an envelope. <clears throat> you know, TNA is a type of, of uh, promotion where like, there'd be, you know, a, in a ladder match, there's four ladders, but only one of them where all of the steps are intact. <laughs> all the other ones. is like the, the Benoit Jarrett one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you, yeah. they break as you walk up. Yeah, either you know, it's gonna break at some point to where you can't finish. I'm surprised that like has that ever happened again? Or like the steps break? Yeah, I was listening. Although to a, I was listening to a podcast where it, one happened with Big Show, but I was just Bruce, gonna say Big Show, and that, but then Bruce he gets was like, big... I I think like that was staged, like that was supposed to happen. Well, yeah, so was the Benoit one, right? Yeah, but like 
Somebody big, was acting as if like they broke because he was so big, but he's like, I'm, you know how he's like, you know how sturdy yes. a ladder is, like. Well, yeah, it's still that was the gimmick. Right. They the were gimmick. doing it differently than the Benoit Jarrett thing. Right. Whereas like Big Show was so big and he had to get his own ladder. I remember. Right. Yeah. Hardy has a chair set up and now he knocked down uh, David Young. He's going to the top rope. Swanton, this is quite the camera shot. What's the chair do? What is the chair doing? David Young was trying to use it and then he failed. Yeah, but then he just set it up. Yeah, but now he's gonna probably full mail mayhem, oh. dude. Oh, he had it on the wrong side, Bob. Yeah, he did. So he moved it and he just launched himself onto abyss to the floor. He did very casually move it. I mean, it didn't look bad that he had to move it, but. Okay, Abyss has just thrown Hardy into the crowd. There's a Shark Boy shirt, dude. Big Shark Boy fans. He's a face. No security holding anyone back. It's very different than the asylum. And they have like an eight year old kid just following them backstage. That's not safe. He's too brawling out. <laughs> Kazarian and Michael Shane talking with David Young. Kazarian goes, Have you even won a match here, bro? Yeah, won. You can wrestle Jeff uh. Hammond. Non athletic sports centered around racing. Is that what he just said that NASCAR stands yeah. for? Wait, here's Three Life Crew. They got a new shirt, it looks like. You couldn't beat Jeff Hammond's butt if the other half was helping you, or half of his butt. David Young, don't just talk about it, be about it. You just wrote a check your booties can't cash. Wow, dude, this is... They're saying Jeff Jeff Hammond was talking about his mom. He's like, "What? My mom?" <laughs> so okay. Stupid. Why would Jeff Hammond talk about David Young's mom of all people? Okay, if it's official, Bob. Next week, as Lex Levette makes his way to the ring, is David Young versus Jeff Hammond? And okay, this is odd placement because now Abyss is coming out. Uh, oh, this is bad editing. He just brawled backstage with Jeff Hardy, and now he's walking back, back down to the ring for a match against Lex Levette. And Lex Levette immediately hits him in the ring again. Dude, we've been doing this in almost every match. It's like the job guy starts attacking the, the, the other opponent before their this entrance. This isn't a match that we've already seen, is it? I don't think so. Oh, oh my God. Okay, shock treatment. Let's love it. We say love that. Love it is how today says it. I guess we've been saying it wrong, Bob. No, it's Lex Love It. Love it. I like Levette. Black hole slam. Lex Levette. Yeah, Lex Levette. Yeah, but he said they say love it. No, it's Lex Levette. Okay, so that's fast. Love it. Okay. <laughs> Black oh, hole it's... slam. Abyss wins. I'm shocked. Me too. Now, if you're following along, by the way, uh, 29 minutes, 52 seconds into this show. And Abyss is going under the ring here. Is it? Yep. It's a table. 
trying to send Jeff Hardy a message even though they were just brawling. Right. Which, by the way, they did mention on the commentary, so. Yeah, but I still think it's poor placement. Because they, they break them up. Oh, hey, Abyss, by the way. You oh, my God, it. the table it broke. broke. It's broken. The, the Abyss, it's a broke. broken table. He's still going to do it. Oh, no. Oh, no. Is it going to stand? Oh, okay. oh, he should be all right. This is uh, this reminds me of what I was telling you about. I think I said it on air, too, where Scott Demore was supposed to go through a flaming table, but it didn't light. And then they edited it beautifully on TV, where it was like to crowd shots. It's funny Jeff Hardy again. But look, he doesn't have the shirt on and stuff. It's definitely post-match. I think it literally did just happen. I guess. Very weird. Although... I don't see the paint on his hands and stuff. Unless he really washed, just washed it. Yeah. Is he going to press that again? No. He's going to... Oh! oh. Tornado DDT through the table. Holy shit, dude. That was done pretty well. It was. Look how the table is, like, not falling. That one... Yep. Uh, the other leg is doing better than the one that has the, the hinge <laughs> on it. That one fan was shocked. Dude. Me too. That was like the Undertaker getting pinned at WrestleMania kind of shocked that guy was. Oh, yeah. That guy was, yeah. I was not expecting that. Holy shit. What did that say? Hardy fears my what? I don't know. I was just wondering the same thing. I I didn't get to read the bottom part. Full Metal Mayhem coming up at Against Odds. Anything metal is legal. I think it's important to note that Abyss happens to come out to the ring with something that's metal. Yeah, chain. chain. The Alpha Male Monty Brown and Diamond Dallas Page are fighting the oh. Naturals in the main event here tonight. Yeah. Wow. That sucks because that means the Naturals are probably losing. Yeah, I've been thinking a lot about the Naturals, Bob. Um, I'm assuming we still have quite a bit of time left with them. But I kind of feel like we've already reached their peak, which is kind of sad. Um... I hope that's not true. And I don't say peak as like how good they can get, but like they're booking. Like, uh, they- yeah, I know that later on here. Let's just say that I know that there's other times where they are a focus. That's what I'm hoping for. Oh, the massage area backstage. Kevin Ash getting massage backstage here. The one title that's eluded him. Face down getting a massage. What a great job. He got paid to get a massage. Son of a bitch. Oh, shit. Jeff Jarrett just tried to hit a good him with a guitar, and he, he knew because the lady backed off, and he hit the bed, and Kevin Ash was in his undies, thank God, underneath that towel. I thought he was going to be naked. I kind of so I kind of like that. <laughs> Joe tried to take yeah. him out. I kind of liked it too. <laughs> I like that he looked up and he knew that the since the moose stopped, wrong. probably looked scared that he was right behind him and he moved just in time. Yeah. Thirteen knee surgeries, and yeah, it looked like Jared was trying to hit his knees. Yeah, it did. 
Uh, the Naturals just made their way to the ring. And here comes the alpha male, Monty Brown. Ooh, wah, ah, ah, ah. There's a little pyro. This match should get some decent time. We just passed uh, not 10 minutes left in the show. TNAWrestling.com, Bob. Oh. There's a special interview on TNAWrestling.com with Monty Brown. Ooh. He's talking to a bunch of football people that I don't know. Bill Belichick and some other people. Bill Parcells. It's me, it's me, it's DDP. It's me, it's me, the guy who ruined Dallas's name. Dude, I'm so begging you, Taker. Make me famous. It's my favorite DDP. Stock. I just I just pretend that stuff didn't happen. Stock and Sarah. That's my favorite. Yeah, I just pretend that didn't happen. DDP coming in the crowd here. Bang! Oh, the naturals run out. Between DDP and Monty Brown. That's right. Yeah, they did shake hands after the match, showing some good sportsmanship. Uh, So I guess it's only natural, as the naturals now attack them. They they make a tag team. It's Bob's favorite, is of course, two singles guys in a tag team. Next, they're going to win the titles, I'm sure. Don't talk like that. Because that means they'd have to beat America's Most Wanted. Oh, God, no. I like to pretend that TNA respects tag team wrestling a little more than to do that. Yeah, well. Now, of course, this being the main event, it's a 15-minute time limit. Oh, that's right. Oh, Tisk is closed on that TV. That was pretty good there on Douglas. My Brown. Holy oh, shit. Back by drops. Douglas yeah. on a Stevens. Over the rope to the floor. Um, and the, they made a good point in commentary. This is their first time as a team, DDP and Monty Brown, whereas the Nationals, of course, have had a team for many years. Whether it's Indies or TNA, it doesn't matter. But they are more familiar with each other. Going to commercial. And we're back from commercial. Oh, sure. I was going to ask you a question earlier, and I forgot, but now I remembered. So, yep. Um, I've been seeing actually more than one person mention this. So, um, I saw it on Twitter again. People are saying, "Who is your TNA Mount Rushmore?" And I think it's like, I think it's fun because I think there's a lot of pe- different that's people great, who could be that's on a great it. Great question. Yeah, um, I've I've seen that as well. Um, I like keep seeing people being like, "Who's the who's your TNA one?" Like specifically, which I find really interesting that people are yeah. randomly talking about TNA. But um, so encompasses the the one I retweeted on our Twitter uh, at Cross the Line TNA. If, in case you don't follow us there, uh, from the Black Label Pro, uh, Mikey guy. Uh, yeah. I, I actually uh, his I might. I might have to agree with this. Well, hang on. If 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 Black Label Pro Mikey listens to this show, like legitimately listens, first of all, hello. Secondly, 
I saw that you, I think it was him, wanted to book Jesse Goddard for, for Black Label Pro from Big Brother. And I say, you should do it and put the heavyweight <laughs> title on him. Okay. Oh, my God. Go ahead. Uh, well, he follows us on Twitter. So once again, if you don't, you really should. We have a really, I think, a very excellent uh, TNA uh, Twitter account. Just saying. And if you're not on Twitter and you're on Facebook, though, you can like us there as well at TNA Crest Line Pod. Just saying, Chris Harris follows it. I'm just saying. Friend of the show. Friend of the show, Chris Harris. Uh, one of my favorites. Uh, Andy Andy Douglas does not. Jeff Jarrett follows us. Jeff Jarrett follows us on Twitter, guys. Chris Sabin. Do I need to pull all these names out right now? Yeah, come on. Why aren't you? Um, so, yeah, his, I actually really like his four here. Um, do you want me to say it, or do you want to tell me yours? Uh... Yeah, I'll say mine first. That way, I'm not influenced by. See that I've been to, I've been influenced by too many of these. That now I'm like, well, I don't know. Yeah. So like I've seen people say like uh, Christian Cage or whatever, and like listen, Christian Cage, listen, Cage I... does have a great run. No denying that. It's pretty much like I I know I think it's like late 05, but I, let's just say 2006 to 2008. To me, that's too short of a run to be on the Mount Rushmore of a company that's been around for 20 years. That's pretty fair. Uh, but there's no denying that he was very, very entertaining. Uh, AJ Styles is a no-brainer. Yeah, I mean, if you don't put AJ Styles, you're doing it wrong. Yeah, I mean, that's just a common sense there. Um, Kurt Angle is definitely in there. I mean, people could be like, what are you talking about? You just said for Christian Kate. Angle's run, Angle's run is way is, longer. Is way longer than his WWE run. Which is freaking nuts. Like all together. So give me a break. Um I think I, I think you have to consider a guy like Abyss. Yeah. Is a Mount Rushmore? Small Joe. Uh you know, there's so many people who could be put on it. Yeah. I mean Jarrett could i guess because of like what he meant to the company but to me the mount rushmore encompasses like in-ring drawing importance to the company so i'm gonna say (sighs) all right this might be a a little controversial but i'm gonna do it aj kurt I don't want to say it. Do it. Sting? I mean... Sting has a really good TNA run, I think. I mean... Yeah. I, I, I really like uh, it. And I, I'll say Abyss, too. Uh, I, wish I, could, I wish I could put a tag team on there, but... Well, if you could. Saban would be a great option. Right. Uh, by the way, I feel like this main event, as a side note here, uh, has been a little bit slow, but the Naturals have had control. Uh, it's been a lot of submissions, choking DDP in the corner, uh, and now Andy Douglas is in the ring with DDP, and now he just tags Jay Stevens back in. Um, Mikey's four people, and like I said, I almost feel like I sort of agree with his. Um, he has AJ Styles. He does have Jeff Jarrett, Abyss, and then one that I guess I didn't think of right away but totally makes sense Gail Kim. 
really kicking off that um, yeah no i mean that would definitely make sense if, if, you had to too, a, if, if you had to include a woman like if you wanted to check all the boxes really right yeah. now if you could include a tag team who's your tag team oh jeez. um how do you pick one tag team in all <laughs> there's so many good ones yeah that is tough um I don't know. I mean, Motor City Machine Guns is is up there. Amer- I would say America's was most wanted, but again, what was that? That was weird. That was a weird it, looking back. Okay, so it looked like. Okay, he so yeah, I guess it was a backdrop into Andy Douglas, but I thought yeah. he was trying to help his partner. Like, but it looked like it was supposed to just be a big back body drop. But yeah, it just it just looked weird. Monty Brown gets tagged in now. Um, America's, America's most wanted should be in the discussion too, but again, I mean. It's almost too short. It's almost too short. But the impact that they had in the time they were around. In the time. Yeah, they were like the first, like the team. Um, Monty Brown cleaning house, by the way. Wicked fast. The back body drop here. When he's got Andy Douglas and he's press slamming and he's going to hit that fall away slam on him. Boom. I think I, if you're going to go like more like long term, the thing that's nice is Motor City Machine Guns not only are a great team and the pounce oh. got hit on Chase Stevens. Um, not only are they a great tag team, they've also been in the company for longer than they've been a team. Andy Douglas gets hit with a diamond cutter. Monty Brown getting the cover. That's it. Well, that pretty much went as I expected it. <clears throat> pretty slow, and then the heels dominating. And, the and then it picked up right at the end. Yeah, not bad. No, I mean, the see, the thing with Jarrett and the Mount Rushmore thing is like, He's only in that. Oh, Kevin Ash. Wait a face. second. Kevin Ash is potentially walking around in his undies. Is and he's, he Oh, he's got a towel. No, he's got a towel. On. Is it going in slow motion or is it just me? No, that's him. Oh, wait. Oh, no. It was the video. Okay. That was funny. That was okay. Weird. So it slowed down as he was going into Jeff Jarrett's locker room. And I like it. I like the tease there. I like the tease. Um, all right. Let's continue on. This is a good conversation with the Mount Rushmore thing. So. I have a tough time with putting Jared on there just because he inserted himself into that role of like, I'm the man, I'm the main event, whatever. That's fair. And like Sting, people, again, like Sting is, a, oh, you know, he wasn't there that long. Well, you know, he first made his appearance in 2003, full time and starting 2006. Uh, and he's there for what, 10 Dude. years? He's there significant time after that. Yeah, I mean, he's there, again, longer than the WCW run. When it's just known as WCW, not NWA. When it's, like, officially WCW, and I believe that was in 1993. September, when they break away from the NWA and, like, the whole player root thing. So, that's 93 to 01. That's eight years. Uh less than that really around seven and a half and then in tna he's there probably like 10 years if you put it all together so again i think that's uh, a justifiable thing gail kim is a really good one um i mean kurt has to be on there he has to be did he have kurt on his or no um not on his that surprises me there's someone else, and I, I don't know where. It was a, some random Facebook page I saw share it. And theirs was, like, 
Theirs had Christian. I think it had Kurt and Samoa Joe. Um, and that was the first list I was like, hmm. Yeah, Christian's is I was not. Like, I don't nothing. know. Kurt's I see why people say that. Christian, but yeah, Kurt's is like. Oh, look, I found it. I found it. Okay. Um, oh, this is apparently Rich Swan. It's a quote from him. I didn't realize this. Okay. I think this is the one I was thinking about. He says the TNA Mount Rushmore would definitely be AJ Styles, Samoa Joe, Sting, and Christian Cage. I feel like if you replace Christian with Angle, that's not that bad. You absolutely have to put Angle on there. Just his impact on that show, no pun intended. From as soon as he gets in until he leaves, it's like, I mean, he, he made that show. Uh, for that era or that time, it brought it to the next level. Yeah, right. Like it gave credibility to it. When he, when he, ju- and when we get there, we'll discuss this more. Obviously, um, spoiler alerts. Sorry, but I don't care anymore. Um, when he jumped ship, it it solidified. I think TNA as a place to go to. Now, of course, Christian had gotten there before, but I mean, he wasn't a main event guy. Right. Kurt was the first real main event guy to to do that. So I think he's absolutely on the Mount Rushmore for for impact. I think there's no doubt about that. Yeah, I I, I think you can't really argue that. Like Samoa Joe is arguably one of the first. Well, I mean, I know he's a star in Ring of Honor, but in terms of the national exposure. Um, they do pretty fucking well with him for a long while. So right. AJ, AJ and Kurt are, I think, your your obvious ones. And the other two spots, you're probably interchangeable. I think that's pretty fair to say. You know, whether you do Sting or Gail Kim or whatever. Um, yeah, I think it's all fair to say. Even maybe include Jeff Hardy on that. You could you by know, the by terms of overall, like once it kind of, I mean, eventually settled down on it. Yeah. So. Oh, that was fun. See, I wish I brought it up sooner. Well, I, I forgot what my question yeah. was and then it came to me. There you go. Um, well, Bob, uh, to kind of wrap this all up here, what did you think about this episode of impact just two weeks before against all odds? Well, I'm going to say that uh, it wasn't one of the better ones. I'll say that. I mean, PD and Sharkboy was was good. That was fine. Right. Um, and then, I don't know. I mean, the main event was pretty fucking boring. I'll just, I mean, that's just how it was. But, I mean, that's the Naturals having to wrestle that style for Paige and Brown. I mean, right, just, right. That's the victim of uh, circumstance of your opponents. Um, I I do like the you know the Jarrett trying to sneak up on Nash to add to that, and then we close mm-hmm. the show with a tease of like, oh, oh, Nash is going to lock room now. That yeah. gives us a reason to be like, what the fuck? What's going to happen? Right. What's going to happen next week? Now, what I think is going to happen is he's going to open that door, and Scott Hall is going to be in there with Jeff Jarrett. Oh shit! That's what I think is gonna happen. Oh He's wow! He's gonna be like, "What? What are you doing? Wow, dude! Oh, dude, bro, we're just bros." Blah blah blah. 
But I think that is going to be a, a layer there. Ooh, okay. Another like wedge between everybody. Wow. I also did it. I did like the Daniels um, AJ thing. I know you said that it felt like Styles so, wasn't super confident in it, which I see what yeah. you mean. But like, I also I don't know. I didn't. I I'm excited for that match in general. Maybe that's where my excitement in general just came from. That, but I like I, when the I like when a guy lays down the titles. Like, come on. I don't know yeah, why. but then like the promo is he's like uh, Dan is like no no like we're gonna wait for her against all odds well, yeah. and AJ's like you are wait for her against all all odds well g- good because <laughs> right. and against all odds I'm gonna shut your mouth once for all but it's I like, gotta no, say just I, like fucking dive to the floor and brawl with him or something you know I don't know right well that's a good point if he the ended like that or something that would have been kind of yeah. cool. Um, I do think, yeah, I think at this point, Styles is still not very strong promo. So, uh, but the thing is, like, I felt like that was a little bit better than some of the other ones he's done. I think he struggles with a live audience, Mm. like, in the ring. So you think maybe he's better in the backstage stuff? Yes. That's fair. Um, I... Also, the the Abyss and Jahardi stuff, besides the poorly planned timing of the way they aired it, um, the brawl is exciting. I think that match I'm very excited to see it against the odds. The full metal mayhem. I agree. Yeah, I, I think that will be pretty good. Uh, now, are yeah, they going to do another a placement week? of those kind of? Are they going to do another week? I almost wish. Well, yeah, Dallas, because they've only done it. They've done a chair, a table, and now we need a ladder. Oh fuck, dude! <laughs> <laughs> Damn it! You're right. Damn you! The the thing is, I I was gonna say now that now it's my whole theory's gone here. I was gonna say I wish they saved the abyss part of this show for the next show, because like I don't know, we're definitely getting a fucking ladder, dude. Damn you! You have to. If Damn he, it. if either one of them are wrestling on the next show, we're gonna get a. There's got to be a ladder involved. We just need one or segment. There, or there could just be a brawl. This could be a brawl. You know? One segment. I don't need two again though. No. Yeah, you only need one. Uh, well, I, I mean, I think overall, I, I didn't mind the show. So I'll still give it a thumbs up. But it's definitely not the best that we've seen in a while. Yeah, it's not a bad show. It's just compared to the other shows leading, you know, that we've seen in recent weeks. It just felt kind of, like, dull. Right. So. But it's uh, not a bad, it's certainly not a bad show. No. Well, we do have the go home episode uh, right before, literally two days, I believe, before Against All Odds coming up next week, which is still, like I said, really crazy to me. Um, but I'm Jeff Hammond in action against David. Yeah, dude, that's right. We got to tune in and see that. Now, how do you? Now, here's my question: How do you feel about doing that? Because for me, if I am a, if I'm booking, and I'm a promoter, and one of my draws is you're going to see Jeff Hammond in the ring for the first time and against All Odds. And then after I say that, two weeks later, by the way, first time ever, Jeff Hammond on television, David Young. There goes the mystique. I've seen it, TV. Well, that's the thing, is that the paper, if the pay-per-view match had any sort of story to it, you'd still be interested. But the interest is the fact that Jeff Hammond is going to get into the ring, and now you're giving it to me on TV. I don't really care that he's going to fight Kazarian and Michael Shane, because there's nothing there. There's no story there. Right. They were like, what are you doing training in the ring? Like, so, like, that's the point that, and the other thing, 
listen, maybe he's going to just be great. But I think in the history of wrestling, if you get a non-wrestler in the ring, it's not always great. Usually it's not. Right. Now, with a edited TV match, mm. you might be able to work some magic. But on pay-per-view, it's live. Yeah, he makes you make. And let's just say it. I mean, he's with BG James, who's also. I mean, BG James thinks that Bret Hart wasn't a good wrestler, so there's that. No, he uh, was. He was like he was a better, like a better entertainer than Bret. Yeah. Well, you don't think so? No, I just think it was a stupid quote. You don't think that he that that Road Dog is a better wrestler and entertainer than Bret Hart? I can't believe this. Jesus Christ. Okay, well, I think that pretty much wraps us up for this week. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> yeah, it does. All right, we will be back next week for the Go Home Show for Against All Odds, which will feature the first in-ring competition activity. NASCAR legend Jeff Hammond taking on a guy that's won one match in two years, and arguably that one win he was maybe even the favorite to win because he defeated Glenn Gilberti. So we'll, we'll see how that goes on. So until then for Dallas Greeley, I am Bob Conley Jr. And this has been the TNA cross the line podcast.